0: good morning. This is Mike Ruiz. How are you today?
1: I'm doing great, Michael. How are you?
0: Good, good. Thank you so much for taking the time uh, to be on the Workday Recruiter podcast.
1: Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah. Can you hear me okay?
0: Yes, I can hear you just fine. Can you hear me okay?
1: Perfectly, yep.
0: Perfect. Well, great. Well, we will go ahead and get started, but um, but yeah, to everyone listening, uh, Gordon is someone who has been in the in the Workday ecosystem for quite some time. So I wanted to bring him on to, um, to, to speak with you, Gordon, specifically about your experience over the years and get to learn a little bit more about you. But, um, but yeah, I'd like to get to have the audience get to know you a little bit better. So tell us a little bit about yourself personally, and then we'll jump in on the, uh, the Workday side.
1: Oh, uh, let's see. I, uh, I currently live in Stores, Connecticut, it's a small town in Northeast Connecticut. Well known, it's a college town. I'm well known for the University of Connecticut, Yukon Huskies. Um, I, uh, I've been here for quite some time, actually. you know we uh, my wife and I were both uh, raised here for most of our lives, and then we had a little jaunt to uh, to Massachusetts for a while when she took a job there during my peoplesoft days and uh, another little jaunt to Sydney, Australia for about a year. To work on a project together right after we got married, and then uh, after we came back, we moved back to Connecticut near our uh, near our family. So we've been here for quite some time. I've got uh, I've got three kids. They are 22, 18, and 18, and uh, and that's where I spend most of my time, kids and my wife. Um, so that's a little bit of background on me. I've been in the uh, in the ecosystem for about nine years. Prior to that, 17 years at a uh, at peoplesoft oracle and then a few jobs prior to that
0: wow wow well that's a great overview so thank you so much and i know people will love to hear that so um i don't want to spend too much time you know pre-workday but how did you make that transition ultimately from um from PeopleSoft to to workday
1: you know i was i was pretty destined i think to head to workday i i uh I fell in love with PeopleSoft back in the mid 90s. And um, those were some of the, if not the best, some of the best uh, days of my working career. And, you know, it was really a lot like family. And so when uh, When Workday started up, I I knew quite a few of the people who helped start the company in those early days. And I stayed in touch with them. You know, right at the beginning, uh, there was a hostile takeover of PeopleSoft by Oracle. And uh, Dave Duffield came out of retirement, and um, you know they, they ended up having to sell. But uh, right after that, there was a, a community of us that kind of you know stayed in touch with what was going. You know It started off as Dave's next move and, and then eventually became Workday. And so all along during that time, I was in touch with folks that were part of that initial movement at workday and i almost went there in in 2011 but eventually ended up there and and i almost went there in 2007 but eventually ended up there in 2011 so it was really just a matter of time and the right opportunity presented itself again in 2011 and it was just the right time for me
0: yeah absolutely so so tell us a little bit about what the early days were like you know when you started there at Workday. I know you started in 2011. You know how many employees were at Workday at the time.
1: So what I was told—it's um, interesting the growth because when I when I went for the 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 first time in 2007 and uh, received an offer, I was told I would have been about the 50th employee. Wow! And I went back in 2011 and finally accepted a position. I was told I was right around the thousandth. My number was 1068. And they said through attrition, I was right around the 1000th employee at that time. And, you know, it's interesting. It it wasn't like, you know, the 50, because, you know, when I went to, when I went to Walnut Creek and applied for the the job and, and was wandering around the office and met up with some old friends, it was, it was real small, you know, I, I believe they were on two floors in a building in Walnut Creek. you know i bumped into dave bumped into neil and said hello and i remembered them both from the from the people days and then met quite a few new people but i also ran into folks i knew from uh from the PeopleSoft days and it was real real small contrast that with when i finally joined you know they had all that office space in pleasanton um in several buildings and so it was a lot bigger it was still pre-ipo and they were still growing um and, you know, for the six years I was there, there was substantial growth and change. So I think it was interesting because there was still a whole lot of that entrepreneurial feel back in 2011. I was brought in uh, by my hiring manager, uh, a guy named Jim Carr, to start Medium Enterprise, which really kind of took off. But at the very beginning, it was just him and myself. And then one other consultant who hadn't quite joined the team, she had to finish her, uh, her obligations for her current job at Workday before she transitioned onto our team. But, you know, it was just the three of us and, and look at it now, so medium enterprise, LDP, launch, all that stuff came out of what we did back in 2011. So it, it, was, it was a great experience.
0: That's great. So so when you say you're developing Medium Enterprise, what does that look like from a more nuts and bolts perspective?
1: So nuts and bolts. Uh, president at the time, Mike Stanke, approached Jim and said, look, we really want to get into Medium Enterprise. So why don't you go off, build a team, um, kind of, it was almost like a Skunk Works kind of project. We were off on the side. We weren't really ingrained with anything else there. So we weren't you know, launching a product within sales and within development or consulting, we did it all ourselves. So we built a team. And that team consisted of developers, project managers, um, you know, people working on methodology, we had to open the office in Salt Lake City, Uh, we had our own business development managers. So we, we were kind of like a microcosm of the inner workings of Workday. And, And given that, we were interacting with other groups, so we were talking to strategy and talking to legal and talking to the development organization and the product managers, but we weren't leveraging any of their resources on our team. We built our whole team from scratch, um, many of which were new hires like myself. We also utilized quite a few of the Generation Workday folks, which are, you know, if you're not familiar with that program. It's it's like many consulting and development organizations have where they take folks that are fairly recent out of college or new into this industry and kind of put them through A program and after they graduate that they're available for for jobs. And so we hired quite a few folks out of generation workday as well. But so it was really kind of a, uh, you know, an entrepreneurial effort inside of a entrepreneurial organization.
0: Wow. Okay, so so I want to make sure I'm understanding you correctly. Was it putting together a go-to-market strategy? Was it developing new products, kind of all of the above within the Medium Enterprise umbrella? Is that fair? Yeah, that,
1: that's a great question. That is fair. And okay. uh, it was all of the above. You know, we had to build up everything. We, we built up content to use on the projects, right? So the whole idea with launch and Medium Enterprise at the time and LDP – Is that you're you're implementing faster you're starting off. With content that's pre configured that gets you a a large part of the way there to your go live, so we built our own library of content and a tenant we built tools to build tenants we built tools to do migrations and data loads. um, Some of which were actually leveraged. you know if you if you look at cloud Loader today. Um, the tool that we built and the code line that we created was the precursor to that. And they actually leveraged that as they took it forward to build cloud loader. So it was all of the above.
0: Great. And then um, when it comes to work day, what was, it, what was the culture like when you started there, you know, employee around a thousand. And then what was the culture like, you know, when you left six years later, how did that differ or how did it change or how did it, maybe morph is the best question.
1: Yeah, I would I would say that the culture itself, right? The overall culture didn't change that much. But you know, when we were little, it was a lot easier for um Dave or Neil or even like a Stan Sweet and and um you know folks like John Ruggiero who were really instrumental in, in building the product and getting it off the ground. It was it was a lot more Interactivity with folks like that, and so the culture was more than just palpable and in the air, you could actually reach out and touch it because you're interacting with these folks when you get to be around 10,000 in size it's just not practical anymore. and and so you know folks are a lot more distributed you start going internationally and things like that, so I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that overall the culture changed but it's it's very difficult to. Um, I don't want to say enforce because that's almost anti-culture it's, it's 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 difficult to make sure that that culture is being carried forth in all the various corners and pockets when you get that large right and so you would you know inevitably you see little pieces of you know things that are happening that are a little anti the culture But I would say that the culture is still there and alive. And today, I mean, you know, look at the the best places to work surveys. Look, talk to folks that are at Workday. Look at, you know, Glassdoor LinkedIn posts. You know, there's still, I would say, the majority of people that are at Workday really enjoy working at Workday and still think it's a fantastic company from a cultural perspective.
0: Absolutely. I I couldn't agree more. And it's it seems like every day I see a post of Workday is a tough place to work in in Atlanta or, you know, the United Kingdom or pick a region, city, country. It always seems to be the pla- always seems to be the case. So I couldn't
1: absolutely. Agree. Yeah.
0: So so once you um, were really developing that go to market strategy, building out the products for um, for medium enterprise, was that the entirety of your time at Workday or what else did you do beyond that?
1: So that was the first two years at the end of that two years, the team started to disband because the, you know, the launch and the effort was successful. So we started to get deals in the medium enterprise space and it made sense for our team, which once again was kind of a little team off to the side, all the things that we were doing started to get absorbed. So, you know, our, our code line, um, some of it, they took some of it, they shelved, um, the, the sales folks and the BDMs went back into the main organizations and, you know, they took over and built out the sales force. Same thing with, uh, with consulting. They had consultants that started to focus on medium enterprise. So our team, which had been doing all these pieces internally, we put everything that we were doing back to the main teams at Workday that owned those types of activities and responsibilities. And so that left many of us searching around with what to do next. Um, For me, I I looked around both internally and externally, and fortunately, there was an opening in in pre-sales, and I, you know, I had gone back and forth, most of my career had been in consulting, at least since I moved over to uh, to PeopleSoft, but I had spent time at PeopleSoft, especially in the early days, doing a lot of pre-sales work, I spent three years in development, and you know, I thought it might be interesting to go to pre-sales. And one of my good friend's older brother was uh, a manager in pre-sales. And I knew him, and I knew his boss from my time in uh, in Australia. And so it was the right thing at the right time, and I gave it a shot. And it ended up being, you know, another one of those best times of my career. My, my job was uh, – working supporting all of the demo tenants so the gms amu we built gov during my tenure on that team But it was also working with the solution consultants who are the folks that go out and do the demos For the sales engagements and then working with the salesmen of course, too and then the the third part was um, in addition to working with those folks helping to train them but the third part which I really really loved was working with strategy and the product managers and the developers. So, you know, most of the folks on that solution architecture team were pretty well tenured and had a lot of experience. And of course, the work that we were doing with the solution consultants had us out there in the field, seeing what customers wanted and needed. Um, So we would interact with them quite a bit in terms of the strategy and in terms of, here's a new feature, here's a design, can you review the design, give us some feedback? And then of course, we always called ourselves customer zero because we had to put the new features in GMS and AMU prior to anyone having access to them out there in the
0: uh, in the larger ecosystem.
1: So that was how I spent the remaining four years at, at Workday.
0: Wow. So were you involved heavily with working with the sales staff in in? And- giving them a good understanding of what work they could offer. Did you have any relationship with them or not really?
1: Yeah, direct. I mean, you know, the sales staff was really, there's various roles within sales, but you know, you have your traditional salesman who's setting up the opportunity and working with the prospect and their leadership. And then you've got the solution consultants who work hand in hand with the sales folks. And so the solution consultants are the ones that are getting out there and doing detailed demos. So we would, you know, we would get cases coming in, we use Jira to track sales initiatives, and we would have a case come in, we'd assign a solution architect to it to work along with the solution consultants or a team of solution consultants, and we would start to look at what that demo needed to look like. And so we would, you know, take a copy of GMS, take a copy of AMU, and we would build it out and brand it to look like that prospect's Um, tenant who you know put logos in we would create and uptake features that may not be in the gms and and amu that everyone else gets right and so we build out detailed scenarios that really reflect what that prospect has and then you know if it got really difficult we would actually go out and do some of the demos as well so we worked hand in hand we were sometimes there prospect facing more often than not we were behind the scenes working with that prospect Um, and working with that solution consultant. So very, very direct interaction with sales.
0: Well, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. So I'm sure that was a a really valuable experience, and I'm sure you saw all the inner workings of Workday from from A to Z and all points in between.
1: Definitely. Between those two jobs, I got to see quite a bit of uh, the inner workings of Workday. It's very impressive. Workday is a very impressive machine. it's, It's really incredible what they've put together.
0: Absolutely. Well, I'm curious to see from your perspective, I know that I'm sure financials got its start while (laughs) while you were there. Um, What did you see um, come out of financials, you know, when it just got got its uh, first legs, I guess you could say?
1: You know, it's interesting. I think it's like any nascent product, right? You you throw it out there and you see how it's going to work. You do your initial homework as you're building and developing and taking various uh, points of input, you know, customers, experience, consultants, developers, etc. But I don't think it's anything um, shocking or any big revelation. It's really just it was uh, an early product. As an early product, it was missing quite a few things that a more mature product might have. But it was built on Workday, which was a and is a very mature architected product so you know it had the right underpinnings but it lacks some functional expertise so it struggled a little bit at the beginning taking and getting some market share but you know as usual with workday teams they put the right people behind it they they doubled down on it as far as an investment went and built it up. And as you as you can see now, and as you know, now it's gaining market share, I, I, I compare it to student, it's it's the same type of thing, right? It's a student system is incredibly difficult to build, you have to start offering it up and building it in pieces. But customers will always compare it to well, you know, my, my existing product does this. So why doesn't this new product do it? But yeah, I think most most uh, customers understand. They understand and they're willing to take that bet, to take the bet on Workday, to take the bet on David and Neil, to take the bet on the team that was built. And so, yeah, financials is great. It it still has more, you know, there's more work to do in financials, but it's a lot more mature than it was even a year ago.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's the one thing that I think is incredible is that anything, I I think you you said it best, that anything that Workday puts its mind to, um, it is going to become very successful. Of course, the first few iterations, just like any product, um, are, are going to be um, not as good as the final product. You know, years down the road. But I think that's I think that's a great point. You said it perfectly. So I don't want to mess that up any further. So so tell us a little bit about your transition to to Alchemy. I know that you know you and I talked about that, and I thought it was a really awesome opportunity for you and what you had the opportunity to do there was great. So tell us a little bit about your time at Alchemy.
1: That's kind of interesting. You know, I, uh, it's very similar to my move to work day. There, there were a few folks that, that started this little company and decided to focus strictly on higher ed and also building some, uh, tools and products. And, you know, once again, I knew quite a few of the folks that were launching this company and, so, uh, you know, I had worked with Mike Duffield, the CEO, before. I had not worked with Bill Wilson, um, who is another one of the founders, but I had met him and had some very interesting talks with him. You know, he's a, a very interesting person coming at this from a very different perspective because he doesn't have a huge background in, uh, in software, either in services or in product, but he has a background in people. You know, he's a a military guy and was a Navy SEAL and then he was in charge of training the Navy SEALs and getting the best out of those teams. And I have never been in the military and I'm always impressed by people who are. You know, that's a that's a huge, huge, courageous thing in my opinion, to take on and to and to do and to become a part of. And for him to not only have done that, but to get to a position where, you know, he's really making a difference in terms of not just you know every in my opinion everybody in the military makes a difference but he kind of took it to a different level in that he was training folks that were in the military and advising you know high-ranking officials in the military and i i just thought that was incredibly compelling how someone like that ends up in uh in this industry and then the the third co-founder was the same person that had initially hired me at uh at workday and so you look at those three folks and you look at what they're trying to do, and that was a real compelling story for me, so I, I started to explore it a little bit and what I really wanted to do originally was not. Go back to, uh, to services, I had been out of services for quite some time, you know all of my time at uh, a at workday was spent building up medium enterprise and then doing pre sales so none of it was truly doing you know core services implementation work. Although I had little forays into that as we built medium enterprise. So anyway, long story short, I joined. And um, by the time I got there, you know, I, I gave my notice at Workday. Alchemy had a really good relationship with Workday. So we made sure that if there was anyone who had expressed interest in leaving and going to join Alchemy, we would work hand in hand with whatever team to make sure we had a good, smooth transition. So Workday had asked me to stick around for a little over a month after I gave my original notice and, and we did that. By the time I got to Alchemy, what I wanted to do initially was already covered. And so they asked me to, to help launch the platform consulting services. We, uh, we had student when we had a few consultants that were already working on student implementations and getting ready for a few more, but we didn't have any platform. So I was the first platform consultant and uh, we just got to work. I mean, just day one, you know, I did a little subbing work initially, but um, day one, we got to work building a team and winning our first couple of implementation deals. So that's, that's how that all went.
0: That's great. And, and I know that um, Alchemy is obviously very involved in, in the student side. How have you seen, kind of back to the same question that I asked you about the financial side, how have you seen uh, student change over the years?
1: Um I wouldn't I wouldn't say that it's changed that much. You know, it it's the same kind of story like you said with financials. It's just becoming more and more mature. What's I guess what's really really significant and big is, you know, Indian River State College uh went uh went live last year and so did three of our alchemy projects. You know and so as you start getting these go lives those were the first four and so as you start getting these go lives and you know implement successful implementations what you end up seeing is uh customers now that are live and that's totally different than signing your first few customers and even totally different From customers that are implementing you've got live customers and now you have more and more that are implementing because you know how it goes, you get a few live, and folks start to you know. Sit up and take notice and say oh well if they could do it, we could do it and certainly when they're in the same state if they could do it here then we could do it here. And so there's this there's this tidal wave and right now I would say it's not even at the point where the where the wave is breaking right. We're getting the choppy waters and, and people are starting to jump in. And the right. more and more folks that jump in, the more that workday is going to be tasked with delivering a product that works. And so it's one thing when you're on the inside and you know, in my old role, for instance, as a solution architect saying, oh, well, we've got a prospect and they're interested in this, um, but it's not there. So we need to do a workaround for that. We give that feedback to strategy and strategy says, okay, yeah, absolutely. Let's get it on the roadmap or, you know, let's backlog it, whatever, or let's do it. But their workday is super famous for listening to customers, right, and to taking that customer feedback and doing the brainstorms and looking at the votes, and, and making sure that that stuff gets into product. So my point is, now that there's more and more customers out there, you're going to see, and I've already seen it an acceleration in them delivering features and functionality. And so that's the biggest change. It's just that groundswell at customers, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fantastic. And and I'm curious, I know we talked a little bit about this in our previous conversation. I know you had a lot to do with, um, with Prism and reporting a little bit of on the adaptive side of Alchemy. So what'd you do in, from that standpoint? While at
1: so it was really, really kind of in its early stages, you know, I, I, uh, was looking for the next thing to do as i said I, I my original plan wasn't to go back to services but i did make a commitment to to get it off the ground and to do some implementations and you know help us sell and all of that and after after doing you know two full life cycle ones from pre-sales all the way through to post-go live support and then getting involved in the next few and then starting to do some work with uh with student you know and kind of trying to pioneer HCM and, and payroll and financials involvement in the student projects. I started looking around to see what would be next. And one of the things that I was interested in at the very beginning when I joined Alchemy was looking at at product, you know, just looking at looking at it more from a product perspective or a tools perspective versus uh, versus pure implementations. And so, like I said, those areas were pretty well staffed. We had great teams that that built both tools and product and so there wasn't really a good opportunity there so I started looking around at at other things that could really pique my interest and as a solution architect I had done a little bit of work with uh, Workday's first foray into big data Um, and so you know that whole big data initiative wasn't hugely successful but um, when they uh, when they acquired platform and you know started integrating it and, and started You know, we started getting peaks at prism that that really got my interest up. And when I first got a chance to look at it, I was like, okay, this is this is going to be something big. It's going to work really well because of the way that they've uh, ingrained it into the service. And um, so I started pitching that at Alchemy, you know, starting to put a team together that would focus purely on things that were more cross-functional and not not one specific work stream specific. PriSM was the was um, one of the forerunners for me, but also reporting in general. you know, just looking at coming at reporting from a slightly different perspective because what I have seen out in the ecosystem is it was always, uh, you know, sometimes an afterthought, sometimes a late thought, but it was never um, in the foreground. It was never truly treated, As a legitimate work stream that you started from the get go and you know made sure that all the right people were involved and made sure that all the. The right folks from the customer team were involved everybody from the project team members to executives who need reporting that wasn't typically the approach, and so I wanted to have alchemy really dig in and do it from a work stream perspective where we're really. Uh, in it for reporting and prism and all those things from the get-go wow. so that's what i was doing building a new org that was going to focus on that
0: okay fantastic and i'm sure that was that was something that was pretty unique from your perspective
1: yeah at least from my perspective you know that's not to say i don't have insight into every other partner but i will say that in, in all my experiences um in implementing as well as you know looking in and working with customers in post-production, um, I didn't see it being done that way at all.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, great. Well, um, I'm curious to see your thoughts on just the general next steps for Workday, um, a- as a product. Where do you see things going? You know, I know you've been um, in the ERP space for quite some time. What do you see is next? And that could be anything from your perspective.
1: You know, I, I, it's one of the reasons I love what I'm doing right now is I see a huge shift in, in work days, from Workday's perspective in terms of putting more emphasis on reporting and analytics and, you know, artificial intelligence, business analytics, all those things they're really putting in the forefront and they're making acquisitions and putting their development efforts into that and they're standing behind it. You know, they, they, they come out at rising and and altitude and everywhere you look, you know, you see prism more and more, you see adaptive more and more and story BI, you know, people analytics and all of these things. I, I think, you know, I don't know what major, uh, what major vertical they may get into next, but it seems like what they're doing is doubling down on their existing applications and really putting an effort into things like analytics and reporting, and so you you'll obviously see student mature. You'll see all of those products mature, right? I mean, go in community and look at the roadmap for any product, and everything they're doing in there is super exciting. They're doing just incredible things across the board. Uh, one of the things that really excites me that got a big splash last year was credentials, and I think there's huge. Opportunity for credentials, and what I found interesting about that offering was they they made it kind of its own little product, right? It's not part of the um, the Workday service; it doesn't sit inside the tenant. But of course, since their Workday, when they built credentials, the interoperability with Workday is there um, natively from the get-go. But I think credentialing is is tremendous. I mean, you think about it, right? You know, an interesting thing for me is I. You know, I'm no longer with Alchemy, I am uh, I'm with Avap. And uh, Avap has been, I've only been here a little over a month and it's been fantastic. And, you know, one of the reasons, um, two things. Uh, one, due to COVID and, uh, and workforce reduction, I was laid off from Alchemy. Part of that was that Alchemy's higher ed. And, um, you know, the, there's just obviously been a, a reduction and spending in that community at this point, and right. given where I was organizationally, it just made sense. And you know, for me, there's no animosity. I love, love, alchemy. I love the folks there. Um, I wish them well, and still talk to them, you know, daily. I have a lot of friends there, um, but it just, you know, we we talked it over even. Um, is there a good place for you? What do you want to do? And that kind of thing. And it just ended up that AVAP was a good place for me in terms of what I wanted to do. But my point in in saying all that is that was the first time in my career, like what is over 30 years that I've ever been laid off. And in doing that, it was the first time that I looked at unemployment. It's the first time that I did your traditional job hunt in a long long time. I mean, I think the last time that I did a real interview to join a company was back in 95. When I joined PeopleSoft. Wow. Ever since then, it's been more kind of a, you know, I was there for 17 years. And then I went to to workday. And that was just, hey, you know, there's a great opportunity here. Do you want to come help me do it kind of thing? It wasn't a really an interview process. And it was the same thing with with alchemy. So, you know, My point is that when you look at things like credentialing and you look at reporting and all of the things that workday is doing. They are in a unique position, in my opinion, to make things better in situations like that when you're looking at dealing with a COVID response when you're looking at people being. um, You know sequestered and isolated and no longer in the workplace, when you look at things like applying for unemployment or applying for a new job, something like credentialing at its best can really facilitate that process, in my opinion. So I think Workday is very, very well poised and they're making a real push to make these types of products um, there in the forefront and, and to get good customer uptake on all of those.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I would have never really thought about it from that credentialing perspective. So, so thank you for bringing that up. I, I think that's a lot of... A lot of people would not think of i think I would be in the same pool with a lot of people that they would not um see the impact that that could provide for a variety of different perspectives, so I think that's fantastic well well, definitely congratulations on the new job uh um, thank you I'm sure everything will go very well. I'm glad you were able to find a role pretty quickly um so, so what's next for you in your career? Is there something that you're looking to achieve or looking to do within the workday ecosystem that you haven't had the chance to to do as of yet?
1: You know, it's it's interesting. I'm I'm pretty heads down right now on trying to get all of this cross functional work done. I think, I think uh, I'm not looking out too much farther than that. I really want to build a team and a methodology and an approach that. Leverages and focuses on reporting of all types. I think there's a lot of opportunity for services organizations to do a little bit more focusing on cross functional interoperability and that's both from an implementation perspective as well as a solutions perspective right so teams working a little bit better together from the onset, as well as um, putting solutions in place that uh, are more seamless across work streams. And that could just be, you know, payroll to FEN, it could be payroll FEN student, it could be, you know, payroll student, whatever it is, I think a lot of times during implementations, we will do things that are um, you know within the scope of what we have to do within the time frame and the budget and all of that. So sometimes we might say build a report and then enter this manually over here versus doing a full end-to-end solution where there are uh integrations and things like that that automated a little bit more and so i'd like to see us start building more things like that but there's there's so much going on michael right now in that space i mean i have interests in um in ai Uh, i i think once we get all of this prism stuff in order and reporting and adaptive you know the adaptive is a is a tricky one too just because of the genesis of it right it started at workday with adaptive folks only kind of being the folks that could go out and implement and you know earlier this year you're now as a workday consultant you can go out and get certified in adaptive so you'll find that 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 um that little adaptive ecosystem is still small and growing there's some firms that have popped up that are really putting some focus there or had focus there beforehand, before Workday bought them. And so, you know, we're looking at building up that as I think a lot of partners are doing. So, you know, you look at my work horizon, that's going to take really years to to mature and do it the way that I want to do it, We're we're starting with reporting in prism. And then we're going forward from there, three to five years from now, who knows, man, it really yeah. kind of really kind of <laughs> depends all all I want to do, I, I like the whole Steve Jobs dent in the universe thing. I want to make a dent in the in the Workday universe. I, I've always wanted to. It's why Medium Enterprise and that, you know, coming down from the top, that request really piqued my interest. Um, working with my old buddy Jim piqued my interest. And, you know, I worked with him at, at PeopleSoft. I worked with him at Workday. I worked with him at Alchemy. And I'm working with him at Avap. So there's definitely a, a not coincidental trend there. You know, right. Here, we're like minded, and I really do enjoy working with him. And uh, he pushes and challenges me, I like to think that I do the same for him. And what has been a very pleasant, I shouldn't say surprise, because I was kind of, you know, clued into this as part of the, the job process. But what has been a, a, a pleasant, confirming experience from what I was told is that the team at Avap is fantastic. And they're they uh their backgrounds and stories are very varied across the organization. Um, and so there's a lot of opportunity there just in general above and beyond what I'm doing, but there's a lot of people to work with and get to know. So that should carry me for quite some time.
0: Well, that's great, that's great. Sounds like you and, you and Jim are a good dynamic duo. So I'm glad to hear that. So, uh, well, I know we don't have too much time, uh, too much more time together, but I'll ask you one last question you know, outside of the workday ecosystem, outside of spending time with your wife and kids, what do you like to do for fun? What's your passion?
1: Um, you know, a lot of it involves them. We are all music junkies. Okay. Um, we've been taking our kids to concerts since, uh, uh, since they were very, very little and they're all, they're all musically inclined. One, uh, graduated from Berkeley College of Music and, nice. uh, actually works for Apple right now and. He's hoping to get into some music based things there um, and the other two are freshmen in college one is in uh, an art school but he loves music and you know has music that he's published out on all the streaming services and the other one is a uh, he's got a split major between music and uh, and business and so we still like to if we can get everybody around like to get a jam going um, every once in a while, so I've got drums. Uh, I'm a drummer and percussionist, and I have drums in the garage and drums in the basement and drums in the family room and drums wow. all over the house. so i like to I like to drum. I am a tennis junkie. I okay. haven't really been playing much at all, but I like to get out and and hit the ball with with friends around town. I like to uh, to get down to the u s open if I can. Um, I've been to U.S. Open in Wimbledon, I've never been to, uh, to Roland Garros. I missed that by three weeks when I was there working on the PeopleSoft project. And uh, I've never been to the Australian Open, uh, which is ironic because I spent about a year down there and missed that by about three weeks when we got pregnant with our first son and moved back to the States before he was born. So, you know, I'd like to get to those two Grand Slams. Um, I've been to quite a few other tennis tournaments and really love doing that. So I would say those things. Uh, I used to love to snowboard. I did that for about 15 years. haven't been out in five years, but I keep swearing I'm going to get back out there again.
0: Sure. Of course. Of course. So, you
1: know, those are some of my favorite things to do above and beyond the the family thing.
0: That's great. That's great. I'm glad to hear um, you have uh, some passions outside of work day. And uh, I think that's great. It's family can all get together and play and listen to music and, and talk about music both from a academic and for fun perspective. So I think that's amazing and um I, I'm lucky enough to be part of a tennis family too. My parents are playing all the time, you know, within USTA and the local um Alta, which is the Atlanta Lawn Tennis Association. Obviously it's not lawn tennis anymore, but uh but uh, yeah, so I think that's fantastic. So that's awesome.
1: Well, hey, do we have um, do we have a minute or two for me to ask you a couple of questions, or are we out of yeah, time?
0: Yeah, of course, of course.
1: So I've got I've got two main questions for you. Uh, sure. Question number one is uh, what inspired you to to do and and start this podcast and keep it going, and then question number two is you know looking at the ecosystem, obviously Workday is going to continue growing. If you look at overall market share across the board for all of the products they have. Um, they still don't have the majority market share, but the, in my opinion, it's the, the best offering out there. So I expect the market share to increase tremendously over time, and I expect that the, uh, the ecosystem will grow. So what kind of advice do you have for folks that are not currently part of the ecosystem but really want to get into the ecosystem, especially from a services perspective? So those are my two questions.
0: Yeah, yeah, great questions. So I'll answer the first one first. So when it comes to the podcast, you know, um, I I really started that in correlation, connection, however you want to put it, um, alongside the the Workday Tips of the Day that I do on LinkedIn. I I really wanted to create more of a community within Workday. Um, I think it's something to where I've never been to Rising, but everyone talks about Rising. It's an amazing event, um, and a, a lot of people really enjoy going. But I feel like outside of that, Um, there's not a lot of uh, information to be shared in a more common platform. I think Workday community is amazing. But for those people who aren't actively on um, Workday community, there's not that in-person relation. And of course, podcast is not um, in-person networking, uh, happy hour, anything like that. But I thought that um, there would be a, there is a lack of sharing of stories um, in story time for lack of a better term um, within the workday ecosystem so i thought i'd start sharing and sharing stories and talking to folks like you and letting you have your platform of sharing um, your workday background and it's been very well received so a lot of people really want to hear what's going on in the workday ecosystem around the world whether it's you know different trends in Europe versus North America. Whether it's learning more about workday from your experience, you know working with the medium enterprise team. Whether it's learning more about financials, what other topics may be. Um, I think a lot of people want to hear those stories, and especially at their own free will and free time. Um, you know, a podcast is always available whenever you want it. Whether that's two o'clock in the morning on a Saturday night or at eight o'clock in the morning on a Monday morning, you know, it's always available. So I think it gives, um, it's very frictionless um, from that perspective. So I think a lot of people want to hear those stories. Uh, So that's really why I want to start it. And I think it's slowly, but surely in my mind, maybe I'm think a little bit uh, too high of the uh, spread of it, but uh, I think it's something to where a lot of people appreciate it and really learn more about others in the Workday ecosystem and hopefully connect it. And I think that that's the main reason why I started is really to connect people, um, and learn more about Workday. So. um,
1: Yeah, that's great. And and congratulations, kudos to you. I think that's great reasons for starting it and getting it going. And it certainly is well-received. I I love it. I love the tips of the day. So awesome. Keep it going. And I think, um, just by virtue of the, the podcast, you should, you should get an honorary invite ticket to, to rising and, <laughs> and, and and do a live session, you know, a few live sessions of your podcast, you know, on the rising floor. Yeah. I, I think we should we should get that going.
0: I, I think that would be great. Obviously it that the in person portion of that we'll have to wait till next year with it being digital this year, but maybe I can do some some in person networking here at a local to Atlanta start doing that uh, in follow up. But that's a that's a great that's a great recommendation. I will
1: absolutely well, yeah, I mean, what better way to start with doing it digital, right? Yep, to your exactly. point, we bring you on the digital agenda and just keep it going when we're back in
0: person. Exactly, exactly. But to answer your your second question, um, the one thing that I think is great about the Workday ecosystem, regardless of if you have no experience um, at all, if you're coming straight out of college, don't even know what Workday is, don't even know what... Um, you know ERP platform is is I don't think there is a tried and true platform or path or ladder whatever you want to call it to get into the Workday ecosystem and that's what I think is really impressive about Workday I think for a lot of kids coming out of college there is you know if you go with the finance accounting route you're accountant 1 then 2 then 3 and then go from there and there's a very structured path To success and I think in the workday world um, there isn't one and you can create your own path much like you have yourself Gordon I I think um, you have created your own career path and that's what's amazing with technology and with the uh, ability for Workday and a lot of its partners and customers to hire the right people train them up from a technology perspective um, but have that shared culture and vision and goals um, from a personality perspective. So, you know, whether it's someone coming from uh, a competing ERP solution um, or competing technology, there is a very appropriate transition into Workday, whether that's at a customer partner or even Workday, the company itself. Um, or if you're coming out of college, I don't think there's a lot of barriers to entry there. Um, Obviously you're going to need to have some understanding of what Workday does, um, but there's a lot of partners and customers who will hire entry level college graduates. So um, I think to answer that question, there's not a lot of barriers to entry when it comes to different paths and different perspectives um, to ultimately enter the Workday space. So Um, obviously it's a little bit more difficult to work at a partner just due to mainly the fact that you need a certification to work there. Um, But I'm seeing from my experience over the years that uh, a lot of people at customers have found a job through being a super user and ending up, you know, configuring from a customer perspective or just expressing some interest in learning more about Workday. And then they become, you know, an HRIS manager at a local company. So there's really no tried and true path. And that's what I love about Workday is that, you know, if you express some interest ultimately and you work hard enough, you'll become, you know, a part of the fabric of the Workday ecosystem. I hope that answers your initial question.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So anything else that I can answer?
1: No, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great talking with you.
0: Absolutely. Same here. I've really enjoyed the conversation I know that people will definitely reach out and say, you know, thank you for your time. And I know everyone will love listening to the podcast. So thank you so much for your time today, Gordon. I know you're really busy. You have a new job, so I won't take up too much more of your time. But uh, thank you so much for taking your time to be a part of the Workday Recruiter podcast.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for having me. And keep on podcasting. Don't stop. All
0: right. I will. Thanks so much, Gordon. Have a great day. You do the same. All right. Have a good one. Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye.